Thank you for listening to this episode of Courtside Indiana Podcast. Please hit the subscribe or add button on your podcast app to get them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. As always, we'd appreciate our rating and review. And you can reach us directly on our Courtside Indiana Twitter at CourtsideIND. Welcome to Courtside Indiana Podcast. I'm Jim Reamer, joined by Dominic Neely. Dominic, you got any daughters? Yes, I do. One. We, we didn't talk about this before we started recording. I, is she old enough to be a Swifty? No. No? Yet. Okay. No. Are you going to keep her from being Swifty? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure. We haven't got that far yet. She's only 18 months. Oh, there you go. Year I, and a half. I guess we need Zach on for this one. Yeah, Zach would have a better. Zach would have a better feel that. for that. Jeez. Yeah, I, I will admit the Kelsey, their relationship has been fun so far. A lot of lot of good vibes, a lot of fun stuff. I don't know if you saw any of the TikToks today about how to trigger your your guy, your 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 husband, your boyfriend, or whatever you know, whoever your other is, if you're a woman. How to trigger him? I, is the, did you see that today? I don't have TikTok, so nope, I did not. Oh my gosh, it's fun stuff. It's say it's so great that Travis Kelsey finally gets to be known now that Taylor Swift's dating him because before that he was anonymous, <laughs> and then yeah. of course it shows the guy disgusted and upset. So <laughs> I've seen some some stuff on that just from you know other s- social media stuff, but I haven't seen anything like that. Yeah, I've just seen her up in the up in the box getting excited for his touchdown and Andy Reid commenting, Bill Belichick, Mahomes. Oh, Belichick's comment was great. Yeah. So she's definitely uh, got some attention. That's for sure. She's fun. Got some, I, she's got a couple followers. I'll never, I mean, I'll never go to a concert unless it's just absolutely free. Um, I, I like some of her music, but she's amazingly talented and I like Kelsey's personality. At least the one that's out there in public, right? You know, um, he's fun to watch as a football player, and I don't mean just from a talent standpoint. I mean he's got a little, he's got a little, uh, got some little juice panache, to him. A little, yeah, he got a little juice, a little panache to his game. Um, the podcast he does with his brothers is fun. I don't listen to it a lot because some of it's just them telling stories, and I'm more of a current events guy. In any in any realm, but right. anyway, we got stuff to talk about our uh, for ourselves here. Thank we goodness, about, yeah. He didn't want to do ninety. <laughs> he didn't want to do an hour on on Swifty on. Nah, what are they calling it trailer. They call it tra- no clue. No clue. All right. No clue. Talk about the best available small forwards. I don't know what we've got. I haven't even looked to see who's committed yet. In that position, we'll get there uh, in real time. In real time, yep. All right, recruiting update. Uh, seniors, Cole Duncan received an offer from Marion at Ancilla. That's a junior college that just used to be called Mancilla. Ancilla, sorry. Now, I guess I can call it now Mancilla. But <laughs> Anthony Fields, a senior guard from Cathedral, who probably most of you haven't heard much of. Uh, although I guess if you listen to this podcast, you you probably heard of him, especially if you're around Indianapolis. 
He's good. He's going to have. He's going to be somebody you're going to hear a little bit about this this season. Uh, he received an offer from Albion, Keenan Garner. Uh, that was last week. Um, I got to rewrite this script. Cole Hayworth, forward from or wing from Concordia, picked up an, an offer from Olivet Nazarene. Dylan Morans picked up an offer from Missouri State, the forward from Garen Catholic. Andy Spolman from Ileana Christian also picked up an offer from Olivet Nazarene. Hunter Walston picked up an offer from Air Force, the forward wing and yeah, more of a wing from Noblesville. His first division one offer. Saw our juniors, Cedric Horton, guard from Richmond, picked up an offer from Miami of Ohio. Xavier Robinson picked up three offers. One just mere minutes before we went live or before we hit record. Picked up offers from Georgetown, Indiana, and Ohio State. Trey Singleton also picked up an offer from Miami of Ohio, joining Horton. Uh, Singleton is a forward from Jeffersonville. Jack Smiley picked up an offer from Valparaiso. He is a guard at Valparaiso. And Michael Wellman, a wing from Portage, picked up an offer from Bethel. Anything there that catches your eye? Um, trying to see. Um, yeah, I was going to say, isn't that Dylan Moran's? Isn't that his uh, second D one offer? It is his second D one offer. Yep. What was his first one? Was it Army yep. or uh, Army something? West Point? Yeah, he's getting another Division one offer. Have you seen the kid from Atlanta Christian? I have. Not not I, recently, but I saw him. Um, I want to say last fall. I liked him, and but I don't. I didn't get a feel for all of what he could do. I mean, it, I think it was their fall league up there, where he was probably the biggest player on the court. Um, but no, he he had a he had a good outing. That's for sure. Have you seen him at all? No, I don't think so. Not that I can recall. Maybe an AAU and not knowing it, but he's he's not. I mean, he's not really a post player, and I think that he's a kid that. Uh, I thought he was. I thought he was a pretty good playmaker off the dribble for from that position from the power forward spot, and a kid who I could see easily being a kid that can you know shoot with range. Uh, but that was a pretty limited viewing. Played you know he played with a good motor. Played hard. Um, I know when we did our preview stuff last year, it was one of the reasons why I had Eliana Christian in top in our in my top ten. Uh, but I, I'll be honest, I don't know what kind of year he had. Spoon was on par with what we thought of or what I thought of him. Yeah. Um, Hunter Walston Air Force. That's his first D one offer, right? It is. Yeah. Service academies are busy in Indiana. All over, all over Indiana right now, which is good. All over Kyle Guy Elite, which is also good. Yeah. Um, I would, what do you think about uh, Smiley? Isn't that his second D1 offer? Or? Uh, I don't think it's his second. Hold on a second. I think that's just his first. Oh, his second. You were correct. Picked one up in July from Ohio. I've seen him play a couple times. I is he a is he a is, I mean he's what six two? I you know yeah maybe we've talked about him before. You know and Zach, Zach and I have had sort of the same impression. 
and a lot of this is timing. He's not played well when I've been in the gym. You know, and that's a couple times in AAU, Valpo versus Carmel. Um, has just not had great games. And his fact, the Carmel game was kind of a, and again, he's only a sophomore at that point. But he really wasn't a factor in that game. And, you know, hard to say, you know, how much of a factor he was in, in some of the summer stuff, just because I don't think it was a situation that was best suited for his skills. But I, I think I'm having, I think the issue is I don't know what position he plays at the division one level, if he's a point, if he's a two. Um, you know, if he's, if Valpo sees him as a combo guard, Ohio sees him as a combo guard, then that's that's definitely a positive. Uh, but, you know, a lot of that is just, some of it's just timing. Yeah, that was, that was my question of what position he would play at that level. But I, I did see him play in the summer, and um, he um, he was hitting shots the game I saw him play. He had a he played pretty well. Um, you know, he was he was knocking down shots in the perimeter. Him and um, uh, the kid from Southland St. Joe I always mess his last name up. Um, him and Kineski were. Uh, kind of for that team, you know, they're, they're obviously they're uh, floor spacers, uh, knocking shots down from the perimeter. And that game I watched of them, they they um, they did that. They were hitting some shots, both of them. But I did see some other games, some EYBL stuff on stream where, um, you know, they weren't you know, they weren't hitting those shots and things like that. Kind of struggling a little bit. So well, I was just wondering what you thought. I, I, the position thing was the biggest question for me. Which position? So. And I'll say two things. I think. Smiley and Kaneski both are, are kids that I think benefit from screens. I don't. There's not a lot of them set. No, with that with that group. And the other thing with with Jack that I liked was that he was definitely a willing defender. The game I saw up at Fort Wayne. You know he was. You know, and he was. I, I, I again, they played good competition. I don't know who who he was guarding because I don't know the out of state teams, but. He he worked at it, that's for sure. Uh, so you know it wasn't like I mean you see so many times kids like that, uh, you know just kind of whiff on that in the summer. But he wasn't. He he definitely competed. And I felt and I kind of felt the same way against Carmel, where he just you you could see him. He was battling to get through screens, and there was a ton of screens. And. You know, he did not quit on anything. Uh, it just it just was hard for them because they didn't have Valpo, didn't have any other offensive weapons, um, you know, besides him and and um, um God, Mason Jones, Mason Jones, Jimmy Christmas. So that's that's the first sign of old age is you just forget things. Um, almost said Mason Gillis. I knew I knew that was right. <laughs> Same high school colors. That's true. Very true. But no, he was. You know, when you don't have any other option, we don't have any other weapons. You know, with Mason, it was just basically flood the paint, make sure he didn't have any space, and then just don't give Jack any room. 
and nobody else in that team was going to beat him. And that's kind of how it played out. But anything else? We got one more little recruiting tidbit, but I want to get your any views you want off this this offer list. Um, I mean, obviously Xavier Robinson. We talk about him, I think, every week now. But yeah, but yeah, um, got that Indiana offer, Ohio State, George. Did he just get that Georgetown one right before he came on? Is that? I mean, I just saw Zach. Yeah, Zach just okay. quote tweeted it before we. Gotcha. Before we hit record, I mean, literally, what time is it? I mean, it was literally twenty two minutes ago. Okay. So, yeah, because I didn't know he had 8, that. So. Eight fifty eight. We're recording it a little bit after nine o'clock on on a Monday night. I need to see um, Cedric Horton more um, and Trey Singleton. Singleton, I they're, they're Singleton getting D1 I've offers. Got, I feel really good about Trey at that level. I think with Horton, you are, without question, he has high major athleticism. And the rest of his game is is piecing itself together. You can see some of the ball handling. You can see some of the shooting. Uh, you know, so that's he's got to get stronger. He's thin. I say this. I haven't seen him since June. Uh, but he definitely has the athleticism part down, and you know, and it's it's, and I know one thing that. The Billy Wright, their former great player there that won a state championship and they're obviously went off and coached at division one level, was a head coach at Western Western Illinois. Um he is putting the nth degree of attention to detail in that program, trying to make Richmond great again. And so Jake's gonna be or Cedric's gonna be in the gym working and Billy, if, if anybody can put any skill on a kid, it's, it's Billy. And I know they all have individual guys and, but you know, Billy's going to be able to get it out of him. And they've got a good young group that they've got a good group that has been young and has played since they were freshmen. And those dudes are now juniors and seniors. Um, so it's, you know, you know, I look for Richmond to have. I look for Richmond to have a good year this year. Like, you know, see them. Like, even maybe make a jump because it's him and Mason Carpenter and um, Ryder Kate, who's a senior this year, six four, six five wing. Those three guys have been starters for the. They'll be three year starters coming into this year, basically. I might need to get to, to Marion and see them play potentially. Yeah. If they play there. Well, if not, I mean, it's worth your drive to go to the Tiernan Center. Yeah. It really is. It's a, it's a great gym. They've I think they've improved the ambiance of it. it before it was just this huge gym that was um you know, that was had these generic looking metal ble- bleachers that, you know, but, but sat 80, 100 people. Mm-hmm. And when you've been there, when it's packed, like I 
been able to do. The years they were really good in the '90s, and the years that you know when Billy was there, and and Jared Powers, and guys like that, and then the years when Dominique James was there, um, the, the the place was standing room only during games like that, right? But of course, that was also when the North Central Conference was really good. You know, the North Central Concert Conference was probably still at its peak when when Coach Wright came through. And maybe a touch on the decline by the time the mid two thousands came around and Dominique was in there, but at the same time Anderson was number one. Muncie Central was going back to back state championships, so I mean, it, it just wasn't the power. Like you know, you, there were times when all those schools were outstanding, you know, but that was starting the times when some of them weren't great, but. They were very top heavy, and they, um, those gyms were the tier, the TC was packed. They had a good team back in 2014. I remember that who was the kid they had that was that knew where that weight room was was at, at Richmond. They were I think they played they lost to Tech in the regional. Hmm. They had a nice nice team. I remember I had a, a couple losses on the year, maybe two or three. 2014. Yeah, it would have been. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Oh man, I don't shoot. Yeah, they lost to Tech. They were twenty-two and three that year. Coach Luce lost to Tech eighty to fifty-five in the regional. Um, what was that kid's name? Uh, let's see. I think he played and played Division One. He was a guard. He was really, like I said, he knew who that weight room was. He's put together. Okafor. Joel Okafor. Yeah, that's who it was. I didn't hear you say guard. My bad. I probably didn't. And I was just, I just remember that that team playing Tech, and they had a really good record. I remember that kid Okafor. But then as soon as you said guard, yeah. I think that's the. Let's see. Oh, I guess that next year they're really good. Went to semi state. Yeah. yeah, he was he graduated in fifteen. Oh, okay. So he was back. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say that's probably the last time I remember them, you know, being pretty good or really good. I don't know. They um yeah, I'm just I'm just one of those guys that as I started to branch out and start watch games, it, it, Indiana's better when the NCC teams are really good. It, it just, and and not just the tradition, but it's the the size of their gyms. Because you know when you when you have gyms that big, at some point you've taken it extremely seriously, right? So, yeah. but I look for them to have a really good season this year. Look at some of their losses last year. They you know they lost to, I think losing the Pendleton Heights in the sectional was a, was a killer. Uh, but you know that's a, that's a contrast in styles there. Their their Kokomo loss this past year was it ended up being ten. It's kind of it was kind of a slugfest early, and then it sort of broke open for Kokomo's way, and then Richmond kind of eh, clawed back a little bit. But I don't think the game was ever really in doubt. But. You know, their losses this year were to good – this past year were to good teams. 
with the exception of Pendleton, who has a really good player, Josiah Augustine, but they did not have a, they just have not had great years lately. So, uh, any any anything else before we move on to one more tidbit? I think that's it for me. Micah Davis just came across Twitter earlier this afternoon. We're again recording Monday night that he is going to commit on Wednesday. I don't know if he's narrowed his list of offers down. Um, I, he's got offers from East Illinois, Northern Kentucky, Lemoyne, which is also is now a newly minted Division One school, Southern Indiana, Southern Illinois, Edwardsville, Moorhead State, Eastern Kentucky, Ball State, Purdue, Fort Wayne. I guess now it's just called Purdue or Fort Wayne. And IUPUI. Um, I I really don't have any feel for where he's going. Have you heard anything? No. Nope. I didn't even know he was announcing Wednesday. That just came out. I mean, if it's if I were to be You know, and again, you look at it's. It's been a while. Like it's been a year since. Eh, Ball, I mean, Ball, the Ball State offer was the current staff. So, I don't know. I would guess between Southern Indiana and Ball State, maybe Eastern Kentucky. Yeah, I mean, Eastern Kentucky's got two uh, Indiana guards there. Um, yeah, I, I was initially I was thinking Ball State, but. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I like I said, I didn't even know that anything about that until you said that. So, I mean, I'd like to see him stay in state or or go to Eastern Illinois. I mean, I say Eastern because Marty Simmons is the head coach there, and he played at Indiana and Evansville, and was a longtime head coach at Evansville. But yeah, I don't have a great feel for where he's going. I. Understandably, kids today kind of keep this stuff tight, you know, pretty tight to the vest so they can announce it in the way they want to. And they should. We need to talk about interest, what what interest means these days, or. <laughs> we want to get into that. I always see that. It got interest from this, this, and that, but I don't know what I that mean, means. I... So there was a senior guard where there was a tweet saying listed a bunch of Division One schools that were interested in him, and the answer. So we had an internal discussion where the I said the answer to that is no, they're not really. Because this this time of year, it's just, again, it's a senior. This time of year, they're either offering you or they're not. You know, there's there's no wait and see. The the wait and see part comes if something happens that they don't anticipate, and then you become somebody they settle for. And that is that goes in line with the 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 cliche. There's now the cliche is April's commitments or next April's transfers. You know, and 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 also the one that I like is don't be Mister. You want to be Mr. Right, not Mr. Right now. And I, I think very few times when a kid waits until the spring to commit, does his recruiting jump and does it and does it work out? 
and it might jump, but again, it'll be that situation where there was an unexpected transfer or especially now at the portal waiting to spring, waiting until spring might mean not committing until May with the way the portal plays out. You know, and that's, I don't know. That's a waiting game. I guess it just depends on your your family situation, on if you want to wait. You know, if you can afford to pay for college, by all means, wait. If you can't and you need that scholarship, I'm not saying settle, but I'd take a real long look at what's going to change between now and April. Yeah. You know, or now in March. And I'd be real blunt. If if nothing changes between now and Christmas, I'd be yeah, I'd be on the phone committing to somebody that wants me. Right. And that's just not something I'm willing to gamble with. Um I know there's a lot of kids that are D one or bust. I I get that. We've had kids like that through the years at Carmel. Um you know, but a lot of those families can afford to to pay for college. You know, and if they're really good students, part of it's getting paid for anyway with academic money. And I will say, the kid that was it was written was tweeted about was probably a kid that's super strong academically. But yeah, I just the recruiting landscape has really changed. It's, it's, um, it's not as fun as it used to be because of the transfer portal. Um, you know, but, but, but putting it off until spring, I don't think is a very wise decision unless you just want to say, Hey, I get to play the division one school. I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know what what that does for you if you're not actually playing. Which is to say, I don't understand walk-on situations either, but that's just me. I'd go be a walk-on somewhere if it if I was thinking about being a college coach, and that was my and that would be a great way to build relationships. Other than that, I don't know that I would be a walk-on anywhere. Are high major walk-ons getting NIL deals, you think? I doubt it. I mean, they might be getting a little bit because I think there are probably some structures in place. Like at Indiana, there's probably some structures in place where all those guys are getting a little bit of money. Yeah, probably depends on the, the where you're at. But I don't know if it justifies all the work that goes into being that right. type of athlete. All right, top small forwards, uncommitted small forwards. Let's take a look at this list. Literally is everyone. And we're probably going to argue. Everyone? I mean. I think what I saw, was it the kid from Riley? Is he a, was he considered a small forward or no? Power forward. I had him at the power Baird. forward spot. Baird, yeah, okay. I had him at, at the four. All right, all right. In fact, I've got a kid on here that I think 
I probably would move to the four, but we'll talk about him here as we get to it. Um, I mean, even before Cannon catches left, he was, you know, he was the only committed kid. Unless I'm missing somebody down the list. I I was looking through and I didn't. The only one I thought potentially was Baird, but like I said, he's more of a four. He is more of a four. Yeah. But an improvingly, you know, but a, a four whose skills improving. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw him for the first time in the spring and was texting AD Alex. I mean, their head coach Alex Daniel about. You know, I had never seen him play before. It's like, yeah, he really came on late, you know, second half of the year. You know, really expecting him to be a leader for us as a senior. You know, and I think playing with the group of kids he did in the summer, um, playing for Coach Wolf out of Northwood with with his son, the Brownsburg kids. I mean, it's basically an Indiana Indianapolis-based team, but. He was he was good. Hit a couple threes. Um, you want to you want to start off? Yeah, uh, kids from Fort Wayne that we've talked about um, a lot, probably. But that's you know they're they're wings and they're uncommitted and deserve to be talked about. So you know, Cannon Hauser from Carroll. Um, you know, we, we've talked about him a lot. We always kind of talk about him and pardon who we like, you know, better or whatever. Um, but I, I think he's, you know, I think he's right there at that NAIA D2 level. I think that's the offers he's got so far. It is. Tip um, Northwood, Indiana Tech, Bethel, and Grace. So two Division two schools, of course, both out of state. Coach right. Reckaway, the one coach that recruits Indiana. Um, although that's not, I, I shouldn't Indianapolis, they, they recruit the state decently well, but I know they, I know they still prioritize transfer portal. I, you know, I just hate the transfer portal. It's not, it's not anybody else's (laughs) fault, but me. Um, and then obviously Indiana tech, grace and Bethel. I mean, those are good. Those are good situations. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see him and uh, Hauser and Pardner are really going to have to, uh, you know, they're seniors now. They're going to be, you know, the top two guys. They just lost the Twins, the Truesdale True, Twins. To Truesdale's, Lures. yeah. Lost them to Lures. So um, they're really going to, it's going to, you know, it's their team. Um, so I'll be interested to see them this year, those two playing together last year. Um, and then the two kids from, from Northside, we, we, we talk about um, a lot. Jackson Fugit and Eugene Young. Um, I, I'm assuming we, we have them as wing, as threes. We do. Our, yeah. Um, so those are the, you know, the kids from Fort Wayne. I think with Fugit and Young, we've, I've talked about them before, but I think they both shoot it really well. I, I just, I really love Jackson Fugit's ability, or I think he's was trying to prove a point this summer. And talking with their assistant coach here and there, that's that's what he told me as well. Is just he's, you know, always known to be a sh- catch and shoot guy. But I mean, I've seen him 
play a couple times. In the one game, he didn't even go out to the three-point line. He was just – everything was at the rim, taking it to the rim, finishing at the rim. He had a nice drop step dunk. His athleticism's coming around. But it looked like he was just proving, like, hey, I can get to the rim and score in the paint, not just a catch-and-shoot guy. Um, so I was interested to see him continue to to progress with that. And then with Eugene Young, like I said, another guy can six. – they're both 6'5", both can shoot it from three. Um, Eugene's pretty skilled on the perimeter. I just I want to see him um, – be more aggressive at all times and be more consistent going to the rim as well. So I'll be interested to see him when this, once the season comes around. Who do you like better between those two? Right now, I would say uh, Fugit. Okay. Um, that's, you know, that's when, I, when I've seen him play. He's always, he's always played the best to me. Um, now last year, um, Outside of I seen him, I seen him play the first game of the year against Blackhawk, and then I think Zach was at the game. He went up for a dunk and came down on his wrist and broke his wrist, and he was out pretty much the rest of the year. Might have came back at the end a little bit, so I didn't see him a ton last year. I got to see Young more, but then this summer I seen Fugit play a couple different times. I really liked what I saw, so I was just say Fugit because like I said they both can shoot it, um, but I, I like. Fugit's ability to, to, you know, what I've seen this summer is getting to the rim and scoring in the paint a little bit more. But, um, yeah, like I said, kind of excited to see Northside play a little bit this this coming year. Got some guys back. I think they have a freshman that's pretty good, maybe a transfer or two. So we'll see what, what it looks like when the season starts. They? Uh, they lost Jordan Green. Yeah, uh, that's They true. lost um, – you know, they, they, they lost a couple of guys that started, Rayshon Bassett, um, Jordan Green, but they got, you know, their main top scores back. Wasn't Green injured? Yeah, he was injured for not the whole – well, pretty much the whole year. He played uh, – no, he he played about seven, eight games. He would think he was their leading scorer when he went down. Um, But then he ended the year. But, he was done for the year, right? Oh, yeah, he was done. He tore his ACL. Tore his ACL, yeah. Yeah, so they they got their main score every you know a lot of their top guys back, but it'll be interesting. Um, I know some football guys will probably take a little bit to get to get going at the start of the year, but we'll be interested to see them. Two two football kids out of Indianapolis. One probably. One probably puts a little bit more time in his basketball than the other one. Cam Caskey, 6'4 out of Pike, super athletic kid. DJ Hamilton, 6'5, wing out of Hamilton Southeastern. Um, I mean, I don't know what Caskey does in football in terms of production wise, but <laughs> the other day I was driving around and I, the HSC game was on, uh, Basically, the one of the local ESPN affiliate, so ES or 107.5, the fan out of Indianapolis, and two touchdowns and two possessions for a wide receiver. You know, a six foot four, six foot five inch wide receiver is, if you have any any speed whatsoever, is gold. I mean, but Caskey would be the same kind of player too. I just it didn't happen to catch their broadcast uh, on the radio, but. 
both kids, I mean, Kasky to me, I've, I've seen development in his game as far as a, a playmaker, as far as somebody who can do things off the dribble. Um, he's he's always been able to be, I mean, he's played at the rim as long as I've seen him play since he was a freaking seventh grader. Um, he's really improved his ball handling. And I think his, his shot is, is the kind of the last thing that kind of drags behind him a little bit. And, and, but he's, but he's decent when he's open or like when he's stationary and, and, and gets a clean catch. Hamilton is a kid that is a, more of a slasher, more of a guy that scores off the move. Like he's going to be a kid that cuts into his, you know, cuts into the paint, gets, gets a catch, gets shot. Um, defensively, he's pretty athletic rim protector, more of a secondary guy there. I think he does make some athletic plays for them. Uh, but, he, but he's a guy that I, I tend to think he's going to play football in college, where I think Kasky wants to play basketball in college. But but that's not that's not a you know I wouldn't say it's a definite. I wouldn't quote me on that. Um any um I mean, I got a couple names that we're going to get to, but what do you think about Braden Walters? What position do you think he is? Man, I would say, um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I would say probably more of a three or a one. <laughs> I don't know. He's not a two. No, and I wouldn't say he's a one, but, I, you know, again, today's game, you could – it's funny, I've got him here. And I mean, I've got him on this list for our for the website. But I recently was in a discussion where I said he was a power forward. Yeah, but a skill, but a skilled power forward, and a kid that obviously when he was at Linton, they run a they he initiated the offense quite a bit as a ball handler, and it's very much part of his game, and it, it's. He's a strange fit from a from a recruiting standpoint because he hasn't displayed a willingness to score other than like three or four possessions in the in the state final game where there was just there was a sense of urgency because at that point Pickett, uh Kellen Pickett had moved over to guard Hart. And uh, what's his name? I think they had a smaller From... guard on Walters. I think and Spiggy scored in the post in the post a little tried, bit right yeah, at the tried, Yeah, he tried to, but that's just not not natural for him. Yeah. And he's at Terre Haute North now. You know, and he's going to be a good piece for them. He's going to be a kid that you know, even on their even on that schedule, he's he's strong enough and big enough to be a four. And Wolfley's a Wolfley's a motion guy who definitely can use him as a primary ball handler. Go ahead. Say, so will it will there be a decent little team there? I think I seen them be, at yeah, Charlie they, Hughes. They have that be good, the Jack yeah. Halls. Mm-hmm. The bigger, bigger kid. And then they had another guard that I watched play against Snyder, and he was going I mean, he he, he tore Snyder up. <laughs> I mean, he must have had twenty five plus. Um so I, I just mean, noticed they, it. 
they got a couple kids, so. Yeah, they've got probably should have I don't have that kid's name. Dad going in Halls and Wren. I mean, right there's six eight, six nine. And Wren may even be even bigger than that at this point. They'll probably get some production out of Blake Hammonds, who's a six foot four inch freshman. They'll have Brady Kloffenstein, who who's six foot six inch sophomore, who will be a good shooter. Coach Wolfley will bring his son off the bench. Uh, Gavin as probably their one of their, their backup point guards. Um, I think it's I think it's Reddy is the kid that was going off against Snyder. Cavish, 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 Reddy maybe. Reddy, I believe so. I wonder if that's what's his name's younger brother. Hold on a second. Let me get there. Let me get there. Like I said, I've never seen – I didn't even see them play last year. I'm not sure. I've never seen this ready kid play, but against Snyder, he must have had 25 to 30. You think he's like a 6'2 shooting yeah. guard? So. I mean, that's that's Kapil's brother who played at Terre Haute South. So, I mean, that's, you know – that's probably who you're talking about. Yeah, that's probably definitely yeah, who you're I talking see. about. But I mean, they they're always going to be balanced, and they're always going to be um, good defensively, because that's just how that's that's just how that you know Wolfley plays it. But very much like Coach Jones was before him. And then when he's got when he feels like he's got a lot of talent, he lets him go. He lets him play. You know, and he's especially if he's got shooters. But yeah, I'll be anxious to see what they do. Cause they've got a lot of nice pieces. And if and if Reddy can step up and be a kid that can, you know, they didn't have anybody average double figures last year, but they had Four kids average seven and a half or more, seven between seven and a half and ten. Was the um, I'm trying to think because when I seen him play, I didn't re- I didn't I saw Halls, I believe the bigger kid at six seven, but I, I didn't I didn't know if I saw a bigger kid the six eight. Yeah, kid. Ren was he played a lot of JV last year, okay. but a tremendous but a tremendous summer, and and as thin as he is. It's Matt Wren's son. As thin as he is, he's a, it's a tremendous. I mean, he's super long, and he's not done growing. You know, and he will be. He was a fantastic rim protector this summer. You know, and even a kid that could take contact and not buckle. You know, we talk about taking contact and be able to finish plays. 99.9% of the time we're talking about offense. Defensively, he's a kid that, you know, he could still impact plays even though you could get into his body. It just was, was oddly effective. And I think you're going to see a – considering you didn't see him play any of our – a whole lot of varsity last year, he's he's going to be a kid that is poised to, to make a decent jump. That's going to be one of those 2025 20, kids we have – when we do the 
we we talked about podcast, you know, podcast topics for next month where we should probably talk about some juniors who we think are going to make a big impact as you know, have their breakout year on the varsity level. I think Bryce Wren's going to be one of them. Well, I had a um I had another Northern Indiana kid on my on I was my wondering list. what you were what you were doing. Yeah, I got another one. Uh from Penn, Don Bonner. Oh that's have... not where I thought you were going. No. But yeah, I, I definitely had him as a somebody to mention if we didn't if we didn't. He was gonna get mentioned. So that's good. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, he um he's gonna step up into a uh obviously a really big role. Uh him and I guess I should mention the other kid at Penn that will they're both kind of playing that wing position. Um Trey Miller. Yep. He was hurt at the Charlie Hughes. He had a, something wrong with his wrist or hand. But but they should be their, you know, they're they're, they're going to be their top returning leading scores off the bench last year for Penn. Obviously, Penn graduated five starters. Um, but Don Bonner was man, he was really good in the game. I seen him play at Charlie Hughes against Warren Warren Central. Um, he was doing. Uh, it's just you know, obviously last year. Uh, at Penn, he he wasn't getting a ton of opportunities. Most of his stuff was like, you know, I think at, what was at the uh, Zionsville game where he was getting a bunch of just like buckets right around the rim. He was huge for Penn in that Zionsville game. Um, but it was kind of more of that drop off in one or on the break. It was it wasn't really like running offense to him at all last year because they didn't have to. They had so many other weapons. But now, I think he had twenty four or so against Warren. He was hitting threes. He was, you know. He's athletic, yeah, he, so he's getting to the rim. If his shooting's there, that's that's a that's a different yeah. factor right there. I mean, right. I thought he was a good spark for them against Ben Davis in the, the yeah. first game of the you know the morning game of the Hall of Fame. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's you know, that, he's a lot of energy from, from him. You know that game took a really bad turn for Penn in the third quarter, but at the same time, you know he came in. Who somebody. Somebody got in foul trouble. And I, I think it's one of those things where I just didn't know anything about the kid. And he just comes in and he just was, you know, 6'2", six, 6'3", six, sort of replacing one of the either Gatate or, or um, right, you know, probably one of those. It was probably Gatate. And he came in and was every bit as impactful despite being five inches shorter and probably 103 inches not as long. <laughs> I think that was that Zionsville game. Was because, it? Because what's his name? Bonner was the second leading scorer in that game for Penn. He kept getting all these little dump offs right at the rim, and uh, no, well, no, that's this is definitely the Ben Davis game. Okay, I'm not saying he was super productive as far as points. I'm just saying I thought he was a good spark. Okay, and a kid that definitely wasn't afraid of the moment. Because you could tell there were, I mean, you could tell Marcus Burton was not afraid of anything. He just was struggling with Zane Dowdy back there. You know, you, you, you get by all that quickness and then you got Zane waiting on you. Uh, Bonner, he didn't, he was the same. He didn't care. Right. And then, um, and then well, Trey who, Miller. How could he have ahead. scored against Zionsville? Freaking Burton scored 28 points in a row. <laughs> 
Well, no one else scored double figures. I think Bonner had like 11, maybe. Did he? Okay. Well, no one else could do much. He did that in the second half because Burton scored 28 points in a row. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And then Trey Miller, their other wing that's coming back, he's more skilled. He can really shoot it, really nice looking jumper. If your name Um, is Trey, you need to be able to shoot it. Yeah, he can definitely do that. Um, And I, I know just speaking with some of the Penn, or I guess one of the former Penn assistant, we 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 kind of figured Trey Miller might be their, you know, potentially their leading scorer this year at Penn. But but uh, he's definitely a little bit more skilled than Don than Don Bonner. I know Don plays uh, football. I think he's a wide receiver or safety. Um, so probably try, you know coming back from football into basketball probably take a little bit of time to get his legs going. But but um, yeah, two good wings there at Penn for sure. Daniel Garza, he's at Bosco now, right? Yeah. You have him as a three? Yeah. I would, I would, do you disagree? I would say he's a four. Dang, on. But I think for, for running out of threes. Him in Central, he was definitely there for a four. All right, we're running out of threes. Is that who you thought I was going to mention? Garza or? No. Oh. No. I'll get to it I, in a minute. I don't have any other Northern Indiana guys, so we got to let me know. Cole Hayworth? I think he's a four. You think Cole's a four? Yeah. I do. Yeah. So we're just out of threes. <laughs> I got to. We're done. Yeah. Podcast is done. We're out. <laughs> Good night, everybody. I, <laughs> I mean, I would have him on my half list. Half of our threes sure. to fours. <laughs> he would definitely be on my list if I was thinking he was a three, but I mean, maybe he is, but. You know, I don't. I don't see. He's usually. Uh, he, I think he he steps out and hits threes, catches yeah. shoot threes. But I would say, from like a ball handling perspective, I would say he's more of. You know, um, I wouldn't say he's just a perimeter guy like that. But another kid that when I'm in the gym that has not played well, <laughs> and Casey Adams, who coaches and coaches him in AAU. I texted him that, and he texted me back, quit coming to our games then. <laughs> <laughs> and Casey loves him. Yeah, he's – I mean, I he's, don't – He's a good player. You know, and, I, and again, we a lot of this we do have to frame. It's, it's when we see him play. I mean, that's no different than college recruit. That's no different than recruiting. You know, you go in and watch a kid play, and he struggles. You walk out thinking, well, okay, you know, that's – Hopefully, you know, he plays well enough. He deserves a second, you know, another chance. But sometimes he doesn't get that chance. Uh, and I'm not saying that's the case with K- with Cole. I'm just. I'm and opinions just can definitely change. So, First impressions are hard to break, though. Yeah, but it, it can happen. I know it happened with me. Like I've mentioned the last couple of podcasts with McGee from Leo. I know that I was definitely out on him after the first couple of times I've seen him. But now I'm all. I'm on. I'm on board. But I imagine it takes a lot. Well, yeah. I don't imagine. I know it takes a lot. All right, I'm going with Colin Schmidt from Plainfield. Yeah, he was on my. He was had. I had a question mark next to see a three or four. Yeah, but, I mean, again, we're running out of threes. We somebody's right. got to be a three. All right. Somebody has to be a three. He played with Wolfie, right? He did. Yeah. 
I've seen him then a couple times. He did, yeah. Nice player. I, I do think that he's so good without the basketball. You know, just moving and sli- you know finding spaces and, and catching and finishing. And, and I think he's a good spot-up shooter. And Carmel plays, you know, Carmel plays playing field, so that's definitely going to be a game that I'm going to get to this year. I think they played them last year. I just didn't go to it. Playing field's got a couple or a number of notable kids, right? A couple of freshmen. Yeah. They the sophomore to freshman. Sophomore to freshman, Eli Ellis. Yeah, they got Eli. And then Schmitz. I mean, that's Yeah. It's a good group. Yeah. And they're very, very well coached. I'm assuming you have Hunter Walson as a four. Then, if you haven't mentioned him, I, I you know what? It's, it's, uh, I shit. I skipped right over him, <laughs> getting to Walters. Um, because I would get to Hunter, and then and then it completely spaced it. Yes, absolutely. Hunter Walston is a kid that. For Noblesville, he is he's the a secondary ball handler for them, but he's also a guy who can initiate offense for them. Uh, we'll be anxious to see with his passing, with his ball handling at that at that spot. Look, he's a he's a good primary ball handler against good matchups. You know, he if you get him in a situation where because at six six, sometimes he draws the attention. Sometimes he's guarded by the other team's four, and in that scenario, he can definitely initiate their offense. He gets he gets a little bit of trouble when he tries to penetrate a little bit too early in a possession. But with Almadover graduating, you know, I'll be anxious. I'll be interested to see how they use Fine Aaron Fine. And know uh, if they. Not that Aaron can't initiate the offense and then have Hunter facilitate while you know Aaron comes off screens. Um, however, you know however they use him, but Hunter is definitely a a uh, a ball handling option for Noblesville and, and a matchup problem. Not not a whole lot different than Braden Walters in terms of his ability to initiate offense with that size. Do I think he'll do that in college? No. But I do think that he's definitely a secondary playmaker in college. And I think there's some untapped athleticism with him. But he's got good length. He's got good he's got a good head on his shoulders as far as seeing the floor. You know, and I'm thinking of the Air Force offer and how he would fit in there. But he is um and defensively he's ver- he's pretty versatile. Now, he may be more of a, you know, he's going to guard the other team's three at college level. Maybe maybe at the NAI level, he can guard three and four. But at the high school level, he can guard a lot of positions. I don't know that that at all, like I said, I don't know that it all translates defensively. But I think he'll be able to guard. I mean, no, he'll be able to guard his position no matter what level of college he goes to. 
but I'd like to see him. The improvement with him has to come with lot with quickness, and then with just improving a shot, especially anything off the move, coming off screens. Not that he's going to be a guy that utilizes the ball screen, but but off ball cut, you know, off ball coming off screens, catching and shooting, being able to get balanced, being able to get, you know, get into a shot with just with a strong, with a good base, basically. You know, being we've sort of discovered more and more with some of the st- statistical breakdown, mainly at the NBA level. But it makes you think of it at other levels. Being a movement shooter is is almost I mean, it's definitely a separate skill set than being a catch and shoot guy. And it's a little bit more focused that way because of the stat, the statistical breakdowns that they have at the NBA level. He's not a movement shooter yet. I'm not sure anybody on this list is a movement shooter, unless you want to tell me Jackson Fugit is. Um, no. I wouldn't say that. I would say Hauser would be before him. Yeah. And I wouldn't say Hauser is. Not not from the three-point line. And that's where I, I guess that's where I take it. If I say a kid's a movement shooter, then it has way more to do with your ability to, to come off a screen and hit a shot at the three-point line. Yeah. But definitely a guy that when he's stationary and, and clean, he can hit that shot. Um, Anybody else? We, we mentioned a little bit last week, um, Reese Butcher. From Brabuff, I don't know if we have him as a two or yeah, three I mean, or whatever we have. I mean, I definitely have him as a two. Okay. I think if nothing else, just because that's what he guards. I mean, he can guard it. He can guard one through three. I mean, he could probably guard anybody at the high school level. Yeah, that's pretty much it on my list. I'm assuming we got Dylan Rands as a four. Yes. Yeah. Riley yeah, Shepard. Riley Shepard, Tippecanoe Valley, just some other kids I think we need to name. Uh, Ryder Kate, we talked about him earlier from Richmond. Uh, Brady Fitzgerald from Mount Vernon. It's probably a similar player from Mount Vernon that Hunter Walston is for Noblesville. Although they've got a lot of guards in Mount Vernon, so I don't think Brady's going to be handling it all that much. Jack Miller, Scottsburg. I think if if somebody wanted to say, hey, he's more of a two, that's fine. But as much as he's improved as a shooter, he's still primarily a, a slasher. Super freakishly long. Well, you know, here's a kid. I I, I just came across a name, and I, I think it needs to be revisited. Mark White at Ben Davis. He's actually on my list. Go for it. 
Mark White, yes. He um he was what their eighth man last year? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Seventh? No. Seven, eight, Ooh. somewhere there. Seventh, I guess. Yeah, se- seventh. Seventh man, yeah. Yeah, I guess first, Ferris probably would have been eight. First non Wyndham off the bench. Yeah. But uh but man, yeah, he's he's a uh He's just a guy you want to have on your team, man. Plays extremely hard. Uh, I like his ability to score around the rim. Um, you know, not not necessarily a shooter, um, but de- defends well, it. We're gonna argue. We're gonna debate that. Yeah, he's he shot the hell out of it this summer. Okay, yeah, I I, was, I think we saw him against uh, at the Charlie Hughes. We watched him against the Brownsburg, and um, you know, I didn't see anything. From that game to, to to say that, but that's the only time I've seen him, and I just know from the season, uh, the high school season, you know, he 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 had some corner threes for him, for sure. I, I think I watched probably every Ben Davis game, almost on stream. Um, but I was just I was just saying like, yeah, maybe maybe a catch and shoot guy, um, that can hit shots, but probably wouldn't have to stop him from shooting, um. It's but not his. Stri- it's not his his best asset. Yeah. But it's definitely an improved part of his game. Yeah. But I, I like him. I love how hard he plays. I mean, he's you know all those kids have been Davis plays extremely hard. But I yeah, I love his physicality. Love his ability to score in the paint. Seems like he just a couple times last year off the bench. It just seems like he would just go in, get offense rebound, put it right back up at big times, or just be in the right spot at the right time. And, uh, I, yeah, I just – I like this game a lot. You know, it's, it's going to be an interesting transition year for them. And we still don't know what the final – you know, what the final answer is for Coach Carlisle. But regardless – I mean, they they effectively graduated four scholarship players, two Indiana All-Stars, or two of whom were Indiana All-Stars, the, and, and both Division One recruits, and then two Division Two recruits. I mean, that's a lot of talent. And I think we all kind of feel they're still going to be one of the top four or five teams in the state. Yeah, I and have, a lot of that. I, is, ha- I have them number two. You have a number two. Yep. I gotta go back and look at what I wrote back in June, but well, post my in June it was Fishers. I didn't have them number two. Um, I had a Fishers and Brownsburg over them. Um, yeah, a lot of but we had a lot of talent leave. Yeah, so after that, yeah, they, they moved up to number two for me to start the season. Anyway, they're certainly not going to go undefeated like last year, but you know, they got they got guys coming back. They're going to have other guys stepping in and new roles. And yeah, I think they're going to they're going to have a good year. Anybody that's else? Officially it. That's any, officially any, it. Any list, list? Anybody else on your list that like, just even to mention? Um, 
not that I can uh not that I can see or think of. Oh. Yeah, I don't I don't eat yeah. I mean I just I mean there's gonna definitely be some quick kids that here's one I gotta change for next week. Um Talked about Damari Hood last week. Yeah. Jake Mooseman from Greenwood's probably another kid that, at least from a production standpoint, has been outstanding for them. This is where having Zach around would help too, because there's some kids in his neck of the woods that he knows way better than, definitely way better than me. Another a kid I wanted to throw out, just to mention a name, is Parker Purdue from Fishers. Yeah. You know, I think he'll, he'll, uh, yeah, he. I think he was off. Was he, was he off the bench or did he start last year? Can't remember. But I think he's definitely. Uh, you know, they're going to have a lot of pieces. You know, uh, that will Fishers that will still going to be. Fishers is still going to be good. That sectional is wide open. Yeah, he's just he's going to be a contributor for sure. Uh, but the, like I said, they have, they're going to have a long list of guys who who can contribute. It's just they don't have that. You know, Harrelson or they don't have that. You know, kind of that go-to guy, it seems like. I think the only – the thing with Fishers will be they they will rely on freshman Cooper Zachary quite a bit. And the size right. factor, especially when, when it really matters, like when games are most scouted, which is sectional time, teams, teams will double him and really force him to make decisions against pressure. And how he handles that length, because those are things he can't he can't necessarily compensate for. And you know it, it's, but the rest of those guys, I mean, I I just don't see. I know it's funny because they, you know, two years ago they lost two games, and I realized they lost. You know, they lost. A couple of kids, and last year we all kind of thought they were a top ten team. And you know, with Harrelson, they were always going to be a threat because he was basically going to be the best player on the court ninety five percent of the time, and always a threat. Uh, but they've got some. They've got some other kids that I think are going to be they're going to be outstanding. And if we talk about some sophomores. I'm sorry. When we get into the, the podcast here in a couple of weeks where we talk about juniors who we think are going to have break, you know, breakout years. I think a couple of these kids are going to be Fisher's kids. Kirby kid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Kirby, um, Millen. Um, yeah. What's his name? A shooter. I got it. Millen. Milan. Millen McCarty. Yeah. Kirby, Miller, McCarty, Justin, I mean, Nathan Baker. I mean, I would those will all be names we'll talk about again later. Is um is that Jason Gardner Jr. there as well? That's what I heard. He is, yeah. Okay. I would imagine he'll be I mean, I'd imagine he'll be J V. Okay. 
I say they got a lot of a lot of pieces up there in the varsity lot, not a lot of room. No. I thought this was be definitely their year to get a sectional. And to, well, it still could be, but I just I, I've seen that team play a couple years ago and lost two games. I you could just tell, you know, they they could go out quick. Uh, in, a, in a section, just because their outside shooting wasn't really there, um, so you could kind of see them lose into a, a team in that section. I forgot who it was. A car, who was it? Who did they lose to Westfield? I think it was Westfield um, that year. You could just kind of see that with that structure, of that team. There wasn't a lot of shooting at all. Um, but well, yeah, the, 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 uh, go, ahead. go ahead. Finish your thought. No, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. I would say this year it looks like you know they'll be it's it was a little bit more wide open and uh, they'll definitely be one of those teams that could win it. And, and two years ago when they were what they were twenty one and two, Simmons Jeffrey Simmons was one of their go to guys and he's he graduated he was a senior that year. He had really struggled for two years in that sectional. And I remembered I remember coming out of that weekend with the idea that pure low post players struggle when they're not named Flory Badunga. You know, because there's so much scouting that goes involved that, that is involved. There's so much game playing that's involved. And unless you're just a tremendous talent. I mean, Jeffrey Simmons is a nice player. And they could run offense through him out of the high post or, out, you know, out of, even out of the three-point line. But but offensively, really just a threat around the paint. And in, the, and in a sectional game where it's more physical, and like you said, you didn't feel like a shooting that they needed. I mean, Sean Millsaps was their best shooter, and he came off the bench right. for them. It, there was no space. And Harrelson, as a freshman, they weren't closing out. People weren't closing out short or tight on him. Right. You know, you, you definitely could make him earn it on a game-by-game -game basis from the perimeter. But they definitely don't lack shooting now. No, they don't. Tate, I mean, Tate Metzger's a big part of that, but we also talked about Millen. He's also a good shooter. Kirby's Kirby's certainly above average. I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. I know we've sort of gone a, a little bit on a tangent there, but definitely going to be interesting to see in, in, a, in what is now a wide open sectional uh, whether or not um, they have the firepower. Because I mean, look, Keenan Garner's still there. He's he's. Proven to be a very talented player. Yep. So, all right, anything else? That's it. I think we have talked it through. Next week, we're going to talk about bigs, fours and fives. Then we're going to get into the fall league cycle, Metro Indie Basketball Fall League that, that I run every year. Hell, you might have a four week, about well, four weeks off. I might, Come yeah. I, I won't, I won't be. You, you're not coming down. down. No. <laughs> I won't be not making gonna come, it down. Not going to drive two hours to watch Fall League. 
I don't think so. Well, good news is, is Kyler will be there and we may have a couple special guests. We'll see how that goes. Um, but I know next, I know during that run though, sometime in October, we will talk about 2025 kids who we think are going to have breakout years. Um, and we're going to talk about um, headlines or what was it? No, that's that's preview stuff. Okay, that'll be. That's we'll that. record that. Yeah, we'll record that probably November. The before, yeah, the week before the season starts. Gotcha. We do our hot takes, our hot take pod. Versus, but we're going to revamp that. We're going to have storylines, not head, not headlines, but storylines. Okay, storylines. There we go. Those are a little different. More like intriguing, intriguing thoughts that we'll be we'll be curious to see how it plays out. All right, Dominique, great job, appreciate it, and we'll we'll talk to you next week. All right, we'll see you.